Buenos días. Buenos días. That's my name, that's who I am. ¿Qué es poesía? Dices mientras clavas tu pupila en mi pupila tu pupila azul. ¿Qué es poesía? Y tú me lo preguntas. Poesía eres tú. Buenos días. My name is Cristóbal Garza. I'm assistant professor of Spanish. And uh, my friend here, Gustavo Adolfo Becker, a romantic Spanish poet uh, from the 19th century, is telling you that you are poetry. And I'd like to think that the interaction of you and I, tú y yo, in this verse, acknowledges you as poetry, but also as a person that belongs. Our president, and I hope I pronounced her name correctly, Becky Stoltzfeldt, reminded us two weeks ago that we are rooted, that our roots are deep. This made me think uh, that if we are rooted, we belong. We belong to our communities, to our families, to our friends, and as Becker suggests, we belong to poetry. We are poetry. Uh, and because, we, because you are rooted, you belong, you are poetry. ¿Qué es poesía? Dices mientras clavas en mi pupila, tu pupila azul. ¿Qué es poesía? Y tú me lo preguntas. Poesía eres tú. Now I ask you to answer this question for me. ¿Qué es poesía? Now I ask you, please ask me, ¿qué es poesía? Poesía eres tú, poesía eres tú. Poesía eres tú, poesía eres tú. You are poetry. And speaking of poetry and belonging, uh, the Latino Student uh, Union leaders are also poetry, and they also belong, and, and they will welcome us and introduce our speakers. Muchas gracias. Buenos días. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us in today's convocation and helping us celebrate this year's Hispanic Heritage Month. We are very excited to have you all here. Today's convo was organized by the LSU members, Aurora Flores, who could not be here with us today because she has class, um, Isis Espinosa, Gladys Leon Diaz, and Jennifer Avila. And up next, um, we have some special guests with us. So without further ado, please help us welcome our first guest speaker, Richard Aguirre. Good morning. My name is Richard Aguirre, and I'm the co-advisor of the Latino Student Union with Professor Garza. I'm a former administrator at Goshen College and currently the clerk treasurer for the city of Goshen. As we begin this morning, I invite us to remember a beloved member of our community who died last month, Dr. Angel Fra Rafael Falcón, professor emeritus of Spanish, passed away at the age of 74 in Goshen on August 17th. He taught Spanish at Goshen College from 1979 to 2011. He also served as the department chair at various times Director of Hispanic Ministries, and the Latino Student Union Advisor. In addition, he and his wife, Christine, who also taught at Goshen College, led six units of our study service term during the 1980s and 1990s. 
Besides Christine, Dr. Falcone is survived by two sons, two grandchildren, and five siblings. Having known him and having known his love for Goshen College, its students, faculty, and staff, I'm confident that he's with us today, at least in spirit. So I'd like us to pause for a moment of silence to honor him. Thank you. Dr. Falcon, as some of you may know, edited many textbooks and wrote books and articles about literature, Latino culture, and Spanish grammar. Perhaps his best loved books was this one, Mi Gente, My People in Search of the Hispanic Soul. I'll close by reading an excerpt of, I believe, his most powerful short story in this book, which is called The Reflection of My Essence. In this short story, Dr. Falcon described his physical features, the mixture of races that made him who he was, growing up in Puerto Rico, cherished family memories and traditions, the lands that created the Aztecs, the Mayans, and the Incans, and the creativity and artistry of literary and musical ancestors. He ended his story this way. I look into the mirror and capture more than my reflection. I see that I am more than brown skin, black hair, and brown eyes. The mirror shows me a beautiful, rich, and unique heritage that is a part of me, my essence. In fact, I see that I am in reality a reflection of this heritage. Wherever I go, I can do so with pride, knowing that I am who I am, Puerto Riqueño, Hispano, Latino. Indeed, indeed, as a self that looks into the mirror changes with time, my gleaming friend will always be there to proudly reflect the essence of myself. Thank you. And now we'll hear from Gladys. Buenos dias todos. Hoy voy a compartir a little story about myself. Um, so, yeah, thank you. What does it mean to belong? Coming from an Hispanic culture where we cherish relationships and create belonging through community, it was hard to see the difference between my culture and others. All my life, I've been aware I looked different and at times I felt I didn't belong. I came from a background where my skin is brown and I speak another language. I recall getting weird looks in the grocery store for just simply speaking in Spanish with my parents. I always questioned why I got such odd looks at an early age because to me, we were just existing. When I was seven years old, I moved to Mexico for a year. During my time there, I was able to learn my native culture and adapted to that community. But yet, I couldn't find my sense of belonging because to everyone else, I was just another Mexican kid born in the USA. I was always labeled as that girl from El Norte. This was a difficult point in my life because despite knowing Spanish, I had grown accustomed to English. I didn't understand anything I was being taught in school, even though my native language was Spanish. This made me doubt myself and question if I was a real Mexican. I was constantly fighting an eternal battle to find myself. After a year, I came back to the United States and obviously went back to school. However, I now had an accent, 
which made me stick out from the other kids at school. But most importantly, I had to once again assimilate to a different culture that I had forgotten about. I had to learn everything, everything over again, my grammar, my English, and how to be goddess again. This transition was hard at a young age because this is a time when you're developing and you're learning about yourself. At this stage in my life, I always yearned for belonging. I wanted to be part of a group. This led me to sometimes acting out in order to please others and be accepted. In elementary school, I was labeled as a bad kid. I was always social and talkative, which usually got me in trouble. I like to have fun in class and mess around as young kids do. But I was always looked at harder because I was different. I had been put into a category where people like me are troublesome and statistically wasn't bound for higher education. People like me were going to end up in a factory or be another person in the system. I felt this heavy weight on me. I felt lost. Due to always getting in trouble in school, I was always told I wasn't gonna make it far in life. I was a troubled kid, I never got good grades, nor was I a standout student. There came a point where I actually believed those words and embodied that. I always thought lowly of myself and constantly doubted myself. I would say, tú no puedes hacer eso, estás loca, no eres inteligente, no eres capaz, tú nunca vas a poder. I had accepted the fact that I would never be able to break out of that cycle of being another troubled Mexican girl. But something came over me. I was tired of being stuck in the same pattern. I wanted to change myself for the better. In order to do that, I started taking my academics seriously. During this time, I learned what my drive was, which was to be the first of my family to graduate. I acknowledged that other people were going through the same dilemma, but what makes everyone different is the action they decide to take. I came to a realization that I was born to be blessed Latina. I was blessed to be born Latina, sorry. I have the gift of being bilingual, and I was given the opportunity to obtain higher education. What more could I ask for? I stand here today as a first-generation college student in her third year. Everyone always doubted me, and I never thought I would have made it this far. Statistically, I'm not even supposed to be taking this podium in front of you, but oh, how the times have changed. All of this is to express my gratitude to everyone who has helped me feel accepted. Thank you to everyone who has supported me and keeps inspiring me. Words cannot express how grateful I am to all the people who have fueled my desire to succeed in life. I feel like I belong because of my community. Because of this, I can be who I am. Those who have believed in me and have supported my growth as a person have inherently given me encouragement when I lack self-confidence and helped me become the woman I am today. I have been able to overcome my obstacles because of the communities I have built. Without all the encouragement, I as a first generation Latina student would not have been able to make it this far in college or in life overall. Always remember to be kind to yourself. We all experience self-sabotage, but keep in mind that you are here today because you are capable and you have a mission. I urge you to rediscover your roots, forge your own identity and foster a sense of community. To support that community, get out of your comfort zone, and develop your own idea of what it means to belong. We're all unique from one another, and that is beautiful. I no longer feel the urge to assimilate. Instead, I feel more empowered knowing I have the capability of speaking another language. I have taken the chance to embrace my Hispanic heritage and be authentically Gladys. I wonder, what does it mean to belong to you? Fuertes unidos, sin miedo al éxito, mi raza. Signing off, Gladys Landius. Thank <laughs> you.
Um, next, we have Professor Nayo, who would like to share something with us. Please welcome him. Alimpuncha. 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 Buenos días. Well, Alimpuncha means buenos días in Quechua or Quechua, the language of about 8 million people, indigenous people in, the Amer in South America and the language of about 13 or 14 million people inhabited the Andes diminished quickly to about 5 million people in 80 years of Spanish presence. So I use the word Hispanic with trepidation, truly. Latino as well, because I've been to Spain and I'm not, Hispanic, I'm not Spanish for sure. I've been to Italy as well and I'm not Latino, that's for sure. So I'm all of it. So belonging, I like that theme. And because of it, I have dedicated my life to play the music and the culture of the people, the indigenous people that inhabited these lands. About 48 to 50 million people from Alaska all the way down to La Tierra del Fuego. And because we're doing SST in Ecuador, I decided to play music from Ecuador. So the first piece that I play is called Chuntunki. It's an Ecuadorian rhythm that goes chakan, chan, patan, chatan, chatan, chan. That's the rhythm. Now I'm going to sing a little song with your participation, and I decided to play a song from Venezuela. One of the reasons we have a lot of Venezuelans around now. Have you seen a lot of Venezuelans? A lot. And with them, a wonderful culture comes. This is called Cantos de Pilon, or Labor Works. This is a song invented mostly by African slaves. By the way, about 12 million Africans were imported from Africa to South America, and about 5 million up here. And uh, they are called the Invisible Latinos. And I didn't invent that term. A student of mine invented it. I was teaching a class called Latino Arts and Literature. I made a mistake. There were two African-looking students, and I thought they were African-Americans. No, they were Afro-Venezuelans. Shame on me. Shame on me. I assumed. So anyway, in this song, I, it goes, Iyo, Iyo, means Iyo, Iyo, what about me? There's African slaves laboring in the fields and say, what about me? I want to tell my story. And they arguing between each other, who is going to tell the story? And they always funny stories. And very, so Iyo um, means Iyo. Okay, so I'll play the song and I'll say Iyo and you will say Iyo kind of the African influence, call and response, yo, yo, dale duro ese pilón, dale duro ese pilón, yo, yo, que se acabe de romper, que se acabe de romper, que en el monte hay mucho palo, mi papá lo sabe hacer, que en el monte hay mucho palo, mi papá lo sabe hacer, yo. And this can go on for hours, okay? If we have a few minutes, please stop me. Uh, for a student who have taken class with me, I tend to go in tangents, and I have to be reminded what's the point. So 
Let's go. <laughs> Quickly, tell me when to stop, please. Manita querida, adiós, adiós, que te estoy llamando, manita, oh, y por qué no me contestas, manita, oh, y yo. Oh, Io, dale duro a ese pilón, dale duro a ese pilón, io, io, che si acabe de romper, che si acabe de romper, che en el monte hay mucho palo, mi papá lo sabe hacer, che en el monte hay mucho palo, mi papá lo sabe hacer, io, io, esa sopeca se cree. Peca se cree, io, io, che tutto se lo merece, che tutto se lo merece, e ben mentrosito il rancho, che il tempo se lo estremece. Ay, no, y vime en un trocito de rancho que el viento se lo estremece. Y yo, y yo, y yo, y yo, y yo, y yo, y yo. And the story goes that each one of us can say a story. That's the whole point. Say, y yo, my turn. I have to tell something about it. So. We can do this. We'll take a, a week, maybe, for Oshiwa <laughs> to tell the story. Thank you. Buenos dias. Um, I'm a new assistant professor of biology, and I am very honored to be here today, and I, thanks, um, I thank the LSU for allowing me to be part of this. Um, <clears throat> my story of belonging started as a young adult back in August 2015, when I arrived in South Bend, Indiana with three suitcases and nothing more. I was more excited than anything but quickly started to miss the endless warm days in Puerto Rico, together with my family and friends. Graduate school was a lot of new experiences. One of them was learning that I was a minority. What box was I supposed to check? Latinx, Hispanic, African-American? I was somehow a little bit of all in a place that didn't seem to have many people like me. I quickly became engaged with the Latino Graduate Association at Notre Dame, and it was there where I learned that those check marks by Latinx and Hispanic were much more than the fact that I came from Puerto Rico. Somehow, we would identify with each other while sharing a diverse set of experiences. Even after being part of this group, 
I was still struggling to find where exactly I fit in. I may be brown slash black, but I would never dare to compare my experience growing up in Puerto Rico to that of an African American in the United States, something I have also had to learn abruptly. I am Hispanic, but I still couldn't understand half of what my, some of my Spaniard or Argentinian friends uh, were saying. And I am a Latina, but a born US citizen from the Commonwealth of Puerto Rico. Graduate school wasn't easy for the usual challenges, but mine were a little different than some of my peers. It didn't matter how much I dedicated my life to learning English, I was struggling to keep up with things like participating and keeping up in class. I felt lost and started to even question if I could finish the PhD. I was, it was even harder to want to quit but not go through it because everyone back home was rooting for me. I hadn't found my place. I thought that I didn't belong to grad school and to Indiana. It was at one of those moments when I just wanted to buy a plane ticket back to Puerto Rico that two new hires at Notre Dame were walking down the hall. I even heard Spanish being spoken and immediately got excited. I quickly introduced myself. They were a married couple of new PIs in the biology department, one Mexican, one Puerto Rican. We quickly bonded and I found myself going to them when I had questions regarding experiments, career choices, and even life in general. It was, at that, uh, sorry, it was that easy to ask questions and to speak about science in my language, Espanol. That's when, I cl that's when it clicked to me, representation does matter. Seeing people like me that had been through the same journey and struggles helped me understand that I wasn't alone. It also helped me with having direction as to where I wanted to be in the future. Somehow, things were possible again, and I could find ways to continue. I realized how important those people were for me, but how also I was an example for people like me. I found belonging by coordinating outreach events for underrepresented minorities in the community, by organizing professional, de professional development workshops for my fellow Latinx peers, so they could, too, see people like them in the positions they were looking forward and working so hard to get. It also even helped me to relate to people that were not necessarily like me. I was looking for ways to find some neutral ground with everyone by understanding that we all come with a story. I grew more patient, understanding, and even started to listen more. In doing so, I was trying to become the professor that I believe I needed when I was a young student. I am happy to say that I'm using the same tools I learned in grad school to belong here at Goshen. So far, in my very short journey, I feel like I have a meaningful place in this community. I feel that people care about understanding the stories that we all bring. And so far, I feel like I am in the right place and I plan to carry on the mission of making, making, people feel, making people feel like they belong, especially my students. Because if this Puerto Rican slash Hoosier can do it, you can too. And to my students, I have been there 
and you too will fly, find a place that you belong. Thank you. All right, before our last guest, we would like to take the time to thank you all again for joining us today, as well as thanking our guest speakers for being willing to participate and for sharing their stories with us. And we would like to use uh, this time for some quick announcements as well. Um, at the end of convocation, we invite you all to head over to Schrock Plaza where we will, where we will be handing out paletas. And a shout out to La Tropicana for providing these for us today. We will also be having LSU's annual flag um, photo day during this time as well. So if you feel represented by any of these flags, notice that the US flag is also up there. Please feel free to join us today and make sure to stop by for it. All right, and lastly, please stay tuned for other future events that LSU will be having. Um, if you would like to sign up for these reminders, uh, please feel free to write down your email address on one of the sign-up sheets that we'll have um, out in Schrock Plaza. And again, we thank you all. And so for our closing guest, the person who will be closing us uh, with an, inter an interactive um, sort of activity will be Professor Nayo once again. Thank you so much. Have a few minutes, and I wanted to play something with uh, with all of you to participate, clapping, dancing, whatever you want. And you you need to leave. You can also leave, so it will be just sort of free. But I would like the help of two students to play some percussion. Please, two students to help me. And the polka rhythm is the easiest polka rhythm ever. It's one, two, one, two, one, two, one. It took a lot of stuff with it. Feel free to improvise. <laughs> All right, can I move this? Now we have our trio here. I feel better you guys are on my side. That will be much better. Those are called bombos and those are called chachas, chachas, chachas. And the name of the song is the Chulia, Chulia Quiteño from Ecuador. Chulia or Chulia is a Quechua word that means 
the only one. It's kind of a cocky sound uh, for people from Equ Quito, Ecuador. They think they're the best in the entire Ecuador. So when you go to Ecuador, Quito and people from Guayaquil, they duke it out. Who are better? So this is sort of a, oh, I'm better than you. I think we're going to play it again, and feel free to leave or dance or clap, whatever you want. Okay, the chula quiteño. <laughs> 